Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You're listening to episode 80 of the Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was non-traditional vampires. Um, so Frank, what did you come up with for non-traditional vampires? So we're gonna talk about two non-traditional vampires this evening. Okay. Um, we were almost gonna talk about three, but I got about 20 minutes into the third movie and decided I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, so you don't get none of that movie. Okay. Um, maybe a little more than 20, maybe like 30 minutes. Um, we'll talk about that after we do. Okay. Oh, what you want to know first? Yeah, whatever. It's called So Vam, V-A-M. It's a queer vampire movie. Um, and it was one of the most poorly acted, poorly scripted things that I'd ever like tried to sit through. Is this on Shutter or something like that? Nah, I don't know. Somewhere, you know, whatever. Who 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 can ever tell where something comes from? (laughs) Um, it uh, its whole gimmick was just that hey, people are gay, and it didn't really put any more effort into developing like nuance or anything. It just here's a bunch of like homophobic slurs, and Mm. here's some vampires. So it has zero percent on you see you could have read and then, yeah nobody watched this movie um zero audience scores on rotten tomatoes two reviewer scores yeah it's a terrible movie yeah it really is just kind of equating i mean i understand the point it's equating um homosexuality with the idea of something like being a vampire like you know i don't know the unique and feared by others and you know misunderstood maybe even um, which all could have been like a really interesting um movie if it wasn't already done, you know, in like the hunger or whatever. Right. Um, a million years before. Mm-hmm. So right. Um or really in almost any like adaptation of Dracula for the most part, there's that element of like, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a the, whatever. Yeah, there's there's a really good um documentary on shutter actually like that talks about like the origins of uh vampire mythology and all that kind of stuff and like uh dracula and nosferatu and i think they're how there's like you know uh queerness like you know uh involved yeah. in all that well this movie will also tell you about that ad nauseum and <laughs> in a really boring way in, in in 30 minutes anyway so i didn't i didn't watch that movie, right so okay. that movie can't count as the chagrin and it's not part of the so vam so bam terrible did watch two other movies though both of which i think meet the non-traditional vampire um role and honestly both of which i i, I kind of enjoyed so we're gonna we're gonna go through okay. one i enjoyed more than the other um so the first movie i watched was the mosquito man alternately known as Mansquito. uh this is a 2005 made for television sci-fi movie Okay. Um, it's interesting to note that the guy that was in charge of acquiring um independent sci-fi films for the sci-fi channel at the time um was sitting one day and said, Hey, you know, we could probably like just make better movies than what we're paying money to buy. <laughs> um, and Mansquito is the result of that. And he's honestly not wrong. Um, it's right. directed by a guy named Tibor Takax. Takes Takax? I don't know. Takes. Yeah, I don't know what the little symbol it's above the A chat. It's meant to chat yet. Um, and it stars uh, Parker Lewis can't lose his Corin Nemec. Um, 
and a lady named Musetta Vander, who I looked up and I guess I've seen her in some stuff, but she looks like um, a hundred other actresses that you've seen on television over the past like twenty years of your life. Mm. So, oh, the Kate, the Kate's directed the Kate. Yeah. What did he direct? The Gate. The Cakes oh. directed the Gate. Yeah, you like the Gate. I do like the Gate. I like the Gate too. Uh, right. So, Mansquito is set in Baltimore, Maryland, which was another reason why I kind of wanted to watch mm. it. Um, this lady scientist uh, Jennifer is trying to find a cure for this virus that's spread by mosquitoes. Um, her idea is that if she capture some infected mosquitoes and gives them small doses of radiation it'll kill their ability to transmit and then if she breeds them out it'll you know basically erase um the virus which actually is something that i think has been tried before in terms of like genetically breeding mosquitoes to not spread malaria yeah I think that's um so the problem is that if they give them too much radiation the mosquitoes could mutate and then it could be far worse for everyone um, so there's the serial killer uh, who is going to be the human guinea pig for this in exchange for his lifelong prison sentence, which is really um, uh, kind of kind of breaks kayfabe right from the beginning. Um, so Jennifer Allen, her boyfriend, um, is a cop, and that's Coronemic, um, Lieutenant Tom Randall. Sorry, I had to look that up because I couldn't remember anyone's name in this fucking movie. Um, so while Jennifer, you know, while Erickson, Ray Erickson is being transported to the the science lab thing, whatever, at some hospital that doesn't exist in Baltimore, Maryland. I don't think this movie was filmed in Baltimore either, but I didn't bother to look that up. It doesn't look like Baltimore, any of it. Right. Um, uh, the serial killer picks the locks to his um, handcuffs with this gigantic metal rod that he's like secreted in his um prison fatigues or whatever okay um so he takes a hostage and gets them to like he's trying to escape um but the security guards open fire and it makes the machine explode and both um the serial killer and jennifer get showered with the um chemicals that are like irradiating the mosquitoes and the mosquitoes themselves so serial serial killer escapes so of course it's like a fly remake kind of so he begins to transform into right um the titular mansquito um which frankie and i argued whether or not it actually looks like a mosquito but at the end i i think if you look at it it's kind of like a combination of mosquito and a praying mantis sort of like smushed together but it's pretty impressive you know practical like um costuming because it's okay it's definitely a like a menacing like creature um so he tries to go hide in his ex-girlfriend's apartment um she comes home because she's like uh, oh he sees her like making out with some dude and i guess like that's why he goes and he's all angry at her and as he's transforming into mansquito he kills her mm. um so then um Dr. Dr. Jennifer, who, after escaping her brush with death, goes home and is, like, cuddling with um, Coronemic. Um, and they they start to, like, make out, and she gets, like, super horny, and then they start to have sex. But it's sci-fi channel sex, so they're all still wearing their clothes. 
Right. Um, and her eyes turn bright red and she like it goes to this like first person view where she can see the blood like pulsing through his body. So okay. she buries her teeth into his neck and he's like, Woo. And then he's like, Whoa, 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 I I got a call. So um <laughs> He gets like a page that tells him he's got to go to this crime scene, <laughs> so he's got to leave. Um, and she, uh, uh, actually, another really good practical effect. So, I was, like, I mean, obviously, it's sci fi, this is can't show nudity, but it actually, like, she goes into the bathroom and she starts convulsing, and they have like her skin like pulsating. And I was like, you know, it really like does make sense that they had this sex scene because otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense why she would be like half naked for you to see this happen but it kind of makes sense so hmm. i don't know it wasn't just exploitive it was actually in the right um, in effort to like advance the plot hmm. so anyways her skin's like bubbling and she gets these crazy cracks on her face or whatever um so tom goes and he goes to the murder scene of the girlfriend and can't figure out like how she died um so then he immediately is called to another crime scene that's down in like hobo town um, which is like underneath these like tunnels that aren't like subway tunnels, they're just kind of like these weird random tunnels underneath the city. Okay. Um, and he finds like some dead hobos and then Mansquito attacks. So Tom hits him with his stun gun, which makes Mansquito run away. So remember that that's important. <laughs> so nobody believes that Mansquito is real because Core Anemic isn't very convincing, but they still put out an APB on the Mansquito. Um, do they refer to him as the as the Mansquito in the? Not yet, but it's going to happen, and I'll get okay. to that point. All right. Um. So, Jennifer, meanwhile, is back at her lab, and she's like transforming. Um. And Mansquito like appears in her lab, and I I thought it was pretty clear that Mansquito wanted to like bang her, but they don't talk about it at that point. Like that, they talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And she passes out, and then he leaves Mansquito, and then Tom shows up and takes her to the hospital. Um, so they're trying to cure her in the hospital, but she's like, hey, I'm going to mutate into Mansquito, just like Mansquito mutated into Mansquito. Um, and she believes that Mansquito can sense her transformation and wants to mate with her once she's fully transformed, so that's like where they bring it up. Mm. Um, so then Mansquito attacks the hospital, and this is where you get to see his like proboscis in full effect. Um, which you know, big long pointy thing comes out of his mouth, and um, there's actually some really funny scenes. There, there's this, so Mansquito has like instead of hands, he has like praying mantis like claw things. And there's one scene where a guard's like, oh, like, like surprised by Mansquito, and Mansquito swipes at him and slices the top of his head off, which I thought was a uh, pretty, pretty gruesome for a sci fi channel movie. Um, so Mansquito kills a bunch of guards, and then all of a sudden he grows wings, so now he can fly. Um, at the same time, Jennifer's starting to transform again. Um, nobody can stop Mansquito because no matter what, like, they shoot at him, um, nothing hurts him. Um, so at one point, Mansquito has gone to the lab to look for Jennifer, and he's got a bunch of, um, uh, help me out here, um, oxygen tanks behind him. Okay. So... Tom has like a handheld rocket launcher that he shoots and blows up the oxygen tanks and he thinks that Mansquito is dead. But see, you know it's not you know it's not the case because Mansquito's like hand pops out from the rubble. Mm. So then back at the lab, um the other I'm sorry, that that was at the hospital. Back at the lab, 
um she's released all the genetically altered mosquitoes that go out into the environment um supposedly to like kill the mosquitoes that have this virus in them um so tom's there and he's like hey we can cure you and she's like nothing can cure me plus mosquito is still alive because i can feel him um so she's trying to kill herself because she knows that mosquito will die if he can't mate and spread his genes because mosquitoes don't live long Mm -hmm. so he shows up and they're fighting each other and mosquito um takes her into the oh no she flees and runs into the tunnels which are conveniently near her lab Mm. and and tom gives chase and they're fighting and he hits mosquito with the stun gun again um which also like stuns mosquito and hurts him a lot and then scientist jennifer is like i got an idea and grabs this power cable from this conveniently located like fuse box and as Mosquito is pulling her, he, like, starts to climb up the scaffolding, and she jams the live wire into the scaffolding and electrocutes both of them, and they both die. Um, so, basically, she turns, like, the scaffolding into a giant bug zapper. Hmm. And then in the coda, um, Tom is writing a report um, on the incident in Microsoft Word <laughs> and yeah. is, like... I lost everything I cared about and the only woman I ever loved. And then it cuts to a news report on Baltimore television about how like no one's dying from this virus anymore. And um, someone saved them. And he's like, it was Jennifer. She saved us all. And, and a mosquito. That was his report. Yeah. 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 That's how he ends his official police report (laughs) with like, She's this, she saved the world or something like that. She saved the world by going down into the convenient tunnels with the convenient fuse box. Yes, yes, and conveniently electrocuting Mansquito. Even though Mansquito was shot probably 200 times in this movie with armored piercing bullets at certain points, hmm. it don't matter because you know. So there's a lot of blood sucking in this movie. I didn't really talk about that, but Mansquito is always sticking his proboscis in something. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tries to suck, uh, Coronemic's blood once or twice, but she's able to fight it because she's the hero. Um, which actually I thought was pretty interesting that she turns out to ultimately be the true hero of the movie instead of Coronemic. Um, right. Because usually it's the man. Just the con- conduit. Yeah, the, the man police officer becomes the guy mm-hmm. that's, um, you know. So. I knew I recognized her name. She's uh, Mrs. French in the Buffy episode. The... Oh, right, right. She plays the same thing. She's yep. the praying mantis yep. woman. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's actually a pretty decent movie, honestly, for being a sci-fi movie. Um, well-written, well-paced, um, it doesn't get boring. There's a couple scenes that make you laugh, but they're on purpose. Um, and there's Mm -hmm. some scenes that I kind of, like, marked out to from a gore perspective, because they were really well done. Um, practical effects of Mansquito are pretty good, Mm -hmm. actually, like, he's a... recognizably looks like a monster and they don't shy away from showing them like they show them pretty frequently in the movie which is not usually something you see in a low budget movie because they're trying to conserve that you know money they're spending sure um yeah i don't know i mean i haven't watched many sci-fi original movies that i thought were like really good but Mm -hmm. i think that you know this is one of the ones that is definitely 
definitely worth spending an hour and 20 minutes of your life or whatever the fuck like watching so yeah and it's a shame it's a shame because you know nobody will ever take this thing seriously um because of the mansquito yeah it's true um i didn't and i really thought it was going to be garbage but i ended up kind of you know pretty much enjoying it so yeah hmm. nice that's always like so for something different when you have a movie to review um next movie is 1994's naja n-a-d-j-a uh written and directed by michael alm almerida um produced by david lynch with 100 percent of his own money um has uh, martin donovan peter fonda um suzy ami um some other people that you would recognize from like mid-90s indie movies but i don't care to talk about them um <laughs> so this is a retelling of dracula um, but in the modern modern age, um, and with the idea that Dracula has two children, um, Edgar and Nadja. Um, so, what's his name? Peter Fonda is Van Helsing, like Van Morrison. So Van is his first name, so his last name is just Helsing, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, yeah. So he kills Dracula, and... Um, his daughter, Naja, goes to the morgue where his body is kept, and David Lynch is the morgue attendant, mm. um, and claims the body, hoping that that's going to, like, break the vampire curse for her. Um, so she's going to cremate the body and take the ashes to New York um, to meet up with her brother, Edgar, who she hasn't seen for a long time. Um, but on her way there, she stops at this bar, uh, meets this girl, Lucy, um, Lucy is in this kind of like empty relationship um, with the Martin Donovan character. Uh, Donovan, who turns out to be Van Helsing's like assistant. Um, they talk to each other. They kind of like hit it off. They go back to Lucy's apartment and end up having sex together because they're kind of like they have this weird like affection for each other. Okay. Um, so the Martin Donovan character um comes home and she's really distant to him um she's not really attracted to him anymore um at the meantime uh Naja has gone to meet her brother um who's really sick and can only speak in like what I assume is supposed to be Transylvanian um he lives with this woman Cassandra who's also his nurse um Naja convinces Cassandra to move Edgar to their father's like large apartment um, in Brooklyn where he can be better taken care of. You find out that they receive transfusions from shark embryos, um, which is what keeps them healthy. Um, so at the same time, Lucy is like completely under her spell. So it's kind of, kind of a combination of Dracula and um, like Sheridan Lefano's like Carmilla or whatever. Mm. um with like the the lesbian vampire angle and then like you know the actual elements like renfield's in it and Mm -hmm. ben helsing and dracula whatever um so you find out that cassandra is van helsing's daughter she's cassandra helsing um lucy is still trying to find nausea because she's in love with her jim's trying to save his wife um so at the end of the day 
um, Edgar, who's been kept sick, you find out has been kept sick by nausea, so she could kind of keep control over him. Um, once he gets away from her control, uh, starts to improve and is able to speak English and talk to people, so he starts helping um, Van Helsing. Um, Naja like psychically communicates with Edgar that she's going to take Cassandra uh, to Transylvania with her, um, and she's trying to like transfuse her blood into her body in like a way to become human. Um, but uh, Edgar and Van Helsing manage to stake Naja while she is asleep while she's like doing this, like she's in like this like coma. And she dies, um, and that lets Lucy be freed, so she becomes, like, normal again, and, you know, Jim, like, embraces her. And then Cassandra wakes up, because she's no longer mesmerized by nausea either. Um, so, it cuts to the future, where you find out that Cassandra married um, Edgar, and Cassandra is actually nausea, just inhabiting Cassandra's body. Mm. Um, because they had like cut off the head and burned the body, like all the stuff you're supposed to do to a vampire. Okay, and that's basically where the movie ends. Is like she's basically married to her brother and living in the city and a human again, um, and like living a better life. So, nausea. Um, I okay. really hated this movie at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things, so this movie's filmed in black and white. And it is 100% like a solid mid-90s indie drama. Like you, it, it feels like so 90s and the dialogue, the costuming, right. the direction, like everything about it is like somebody watched Pi and Clerks and was like, yeah, I right. can make a movie too. And so this, you get notch. Mm-hmm. But Lynch really believed in it and I guess like supported it. And it's got some... Like, as the movie goes on, it's got some really interesting um, framing to it. And the thing that's the most impressive about it is it was filmed on. Hold on, I got to get this exactly right. This thing called a Fisher Price Pixel Vision camcorder, which was uh-huh. apparently this thing that Fisher Price put out in the late 80s as like an intro camcorder for kids. Mm-hmm. that only films in black and white but can capture images up to like an eighth of an inch away from the screen but is like a pixelated look to it sometimes which is why some of the scenes become like kind of pixelated but like the fact that they filmed and there's some amazing like shots in this movie some amazing cinematography um he almost reminds me of like i don't know if i mean it's got to be on purpose but there's a lot of it that reminds me of stuff like Alphaville in the way that it's oh, okay. like the composition of shots and yeah. the lighting and the way that like he like frames characters in the screen. Mm-hmm. And also the way that he films the city has a very like Alphaville vibe to me. Um, and honestly, I thought it was kind of an interesting take on like a traditional vampire tale setting it in the real world where they're taking taxis places and they're calling people on the phone and um renfield's just kind of like this junkie that hangs out with them and is their tough you know like their muscle and mm-hmm. um she's pretty good the lady that plays nausea like it's a pretty good performance and martin donovan is fine in it and peter fonda is just like his normal weird ass self from around this time period um but you know like a welcome addition to an actor that you immediately recognize 
Um, I kind of felt like it was trying to be maybe sort of like a, a subtle parable about like AIDS um, and the spread of AIDS and um, just kind of like the consequences of casual sex, really. Yeah. Um, especially with the thing with the relationship between Lucy and Naja. Um, even though, again, that is kind of like ripped from um, the Carmilla story. Um, it really is an interesting, you know, like the way that that relationship evolves and how she's sometimes like she's in and out of like being transfixed with nausea and whatever. Um, and ultimately it's killing the lesbian that frees like her from the spell. Um, and I don't know if that's meant to like, whatever symbolize anything, but overall I thought it was a pretty good movie and really like seeing the level of dedication that Lynch and, um, uh, Almereda had for filming this movie and like they lost funding and Lynch was like, Hey, I'll just pay for it all myself. And, hmm. you know, filming it on this kind of archaic, like camcorder technology is, is pretty awesome. And the fact that it looks as good as it does was really impressive. Um, so yeah, so where I started out being like really annoyed by how pretentious it was, it kind of won me over in the end. And I really, um, I was kind of super impressed by it. it's like DIY, like aesthetic to it. Um, and it's a movie that I had seen the cover of hundreds of times, like in the video store <laughs> over the course of my life. Like I remember this movie coming out on yeah. video. I never had any idea that Lynch had anything to do with it, or I probably would have watched it at some point. Um, he's, he's in it for literally like 45 seconds. Um, but you can kind of feel like a little bit of a racer head again, like to me, it's, it's pie in some scenes and it's clerks in some scenes, but in his, like his eye is very much aligned with like, or he's like imitating stuff like Godard mm-hmm. and even Lynch himself and things like a racer head and elephant man. Like you can definitely see a lot of influence in this movie. Um, and in this like this man's direction but yeah if you ever got i mean it's free on youtube so oh, okay um it's an hour and a half like so both these movies are moderately like short films um you know so if you ever have a little bit of extra time and you feel like um you know whatever just taking it in it's it's worth it 94 so you know kind of like right in the middle of that um yeah, the like, boom of the the indie indie black and white films or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that's uh like a month before Pulp Fiction, right? So, Which I guess yeah. means that he couldn't have seen Pi because Pi is what yeah, like ninety seven, yeah, something like that. Nine. Well, maybe Aronofsky watched this and was like, "Hey, maybe." Um, we just talked about Pi earlier this year. Ninety eight, ninety eight was Pi because it's the. All right, because the wrestler was ten years later, right? Yep. And we were doing an yeah. anniversary at that point. Yep. Um. Okay. Nice. So, well, can't you only watch thirty minutes of it? So, I mean, like the, I guess your chagrin scores are fairly low this week, then, huh? Yeah. Let's call them both a uh, four. Oh, okay. I mean, they both had things that annoyed me at times, um, mm-hmm. and I think they both had rocky starts. But at the end, I. I definitely enjoyed watching both of them. Um, and I would recommend them cautiously to people that are fans of like the vampire 
genre. Nice. Um. So. Un un unprecedented maybe. But you got like two, and they're both okay. I really thought that one of them would be terrible, but um, they weren't. <laughs> you thought Mansquito was going to be terrible. Oh, I thought it'd be. Right. I have put off watching Mansquito. <laughs> Four well, or five like times. A, yeah, it feels like it fit like twenty different right. categories, right? It's a co- like I see it, and the right. the cover, the the thumbnail cover they use for it is terrible. It's mm-hmm. on Tubi, um, and I've gone past it several times. Like, oh, I can't watch this fucking movie, right? And I just move on to something else. But you know, I mean, I'm glad that I waited because it really did. It, it, it fit this category really well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and spin then. And see if we can't get you um, something that actually will contain chagrin. Oh, sound. I mean, this could have too if I would have just gone with so ma'am. So, yes. <laughs> Comedy featuring a dog as the main character, Redux. Um, comedy featuring a dog as the main character, Redux. So we're throwing him last year's. Throwing me another bone. but <laughs> You're trying uh, to make me watch a fucking Airbud movie. That's what you assholes like want to do. No, no. I, I think you could do something completely different. I don't think I then Airbud? There's nothing different than Airbud. What? There's got to be other shit with dogs. As the main character, yeah, I've seen it. You all. think there? You think there's nothing outside of the Airbud universe that involves dogs? I don't know. I think that that's. I think that's the major universe of dogging. Hmm. Dog movies, something I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. Got a week to find out what it's going to be. Yeah. Um. Just trying to keep it to the. Trying to keep the old shit alive. Um. In some small way. <clears throat> All right. So, okay. dog is the main character. All right. So, are we done for the night? Fucking time Take hacks. Like, okay. Close that out. All right. Um. Oh, you want to do food shot? All right, so we need to follow up from last week because you created tons of controversy all over the place with your cracker. Uh. With your cracker chat and your cheese it, yeah, and I was right. Opinions, um, I how? Why do you say that you're right? So, so refresh everyone real quick of like what your your opinion is that cheese its are not crackers. Um, and cheese its are cheese its are a baked snack. And let me tell you something. I bought some fucking cheese its, and it says right on the box that it's a baked snack. So even Jesus admits that it's not a cracker. So we're done. That's the end of that chat. I don't care what anybody says. I win that argument. Bake snack. Um. Okay. Um. I mean, you understand that it says bake snack crackers, and that you're like bake stop, snack. You're, that you're that you're stopping, and like you're uh, you know, completing what. Cheese it calls itself. It's cracker esque, but it's not a cracker. crackers. 
Look, I stand by the fact that if you can't easily spread something on it or dip it into something, that it's not a fucking cracker. A cracker is something that contains the multitudes of other snack foods you want to put on top of it. And they ain't no goddamn cheese. It's not, not like a regular cheese. contains and thinks multitudes as well. Um, I said it in a meeting at work the other day. I said, <laughs> I'm a quote Walt Whitman. And I couldn't remember if it really was Walt Whitman. I had to look it up. <laughs> okay, so like, did I did I did I bring up my mom's point? What about man? Maybe I brought it up last week. It feels like so familiar to me. What about the oversized cheeses? You said that. Okay, and they still your... don't con- they still don't contain. They're too crumbly. You can't e- easily spread something on an oversized cheese it and have it hold it. If you can't take a knife. With some refrigerator temperature I, cream. I want you to understand this is the Italian front coming out. When he said crumbly, his thumb and his index finger was pressed together and just like, you know, moved like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, crumbly, crumbly. Um, Listen, if you can't take some refrigerator temperature cream, Philadelphia cream cheese, and spread it on the thing and have that thing generally stay together to eat it, it's not a fucking cracker. Fucking and much pressure you, should, you putting on that knife. It's refrigerator temperature. Cheese it is. It, it would fall apart. That. It no. would fall apart. No, no, it wouldn't. You know what, motherfucker? I'm going to buy some <laughs> oversized cheese. It's bring them to your house mm-hmm. when we watch SummerSlam next Saturday, and I'm going to bring some cold ass fucking Philadelphia cream cheese, and we're gonna we're gonna film trying to spread that on that cheese it, and you're gonna get cracker crumbs all over the world. You'll never find all those. Your dog will eat those crackers for the rest of eternity because there will be so many crumbs all over the place okay. from trying to spread okay. Philadelphia cream cheese out of the fridge on a cheese. Okay. Now you could put cheese whiz on that oversized cheese. It brand too much cheese. There's no such thing. Mm, okay. Um, well, what else are you going to put on it? Cream cheese is cheese. You don't think cream. You can't. Uh, hold on. Hold on. You can't like pepperoni can't fit on it. No, pe- pepperoni doesn't go with a cheese. It. What the fuck? <laughs> um. Yeah. So like, there, there's people like that. Uh, there's people that disagree with like the assessment of whether it's a cracker or not. But there's people that agree with you as well. Um. Then we found <laughs> out the. And then I, when I was at Walmart, I took a picture and sent it to everybody that walmart has it's actually cheese it's then goldfish if i remember then crackers so it's like i think they have goldfish closer to the crackers than the cheese it's but um so walmart agrees with you too like and uh, like somebody whoever's like deciding how to stock those shells um puts them separate from a little bit from the crackers see it doesn't matter if anyone agrees with me consciously subconsciously everyone knows that i'm right Right, but this caused a big stir, especially with friend of the podcast, uh, Orion Wellmaker, um, who is not. He just wants. He just wants. He just wants. Yeah, because he always just wants to argue my my points. Right. Okay. Um. So then, eventually, what? What was the combination of words that developed into? Oh, because I said that. It's a snack cracker. And right. I said, you call them snackers. And then you asked me about what about little Cheez-Its, like mini Cheez-Its. And I said, well, those are just tiny snackers. That's it. And yeah. then you texted me and said, um, 
can you make a song to the tune of Tiny Dancer about Tiny Snackers? Yes, Tiny Snacker and then Tiny Dancer, yeah. And you did. I did. Yeah. I actually made a very long song. <laughs> yes. It started, so do you want to just start out with what it started with? Sure. So my initial... <laughs> this taking on valuable food chat time my initial um response to you was just the chorus of tiny dancer which is in my mouth you tiny snacker down the throat to hershey highway baked with cheese and creamy fillings you've been a tasty snack today (laughs) yes so then for like a day, I was thinking about like that version of the song and I was saying, man, I gotta, I, I gotta expound upon this. Um, so I like would like write a couple of notes every once in a while. Cause uh-huh. this is my, this is my creative process when it comes to song parodies. Um, <laughs> and eventually I came up with the entirety of the song. Yeah. Um, so would you like to hear it for the first time? Yes, like, absolutely. World debut here. World debut. Of, yes. of Tiny Snacker. I don't know if this is my best work. I, I really think that um, "Don't Pull My Heart Out on Me" indie is like the best thing I've ever done. But this, this, this you think this that beats pretty... Robocopping? Oh yeah, it, it's oh, my okay. favorite. It's it's yeah. so funny. Plus, I was like blackout yes. drunk when yes. I made it when up. You first so started it, yeah. That's uh-huh. what makes it even better, right? All right, so here's Tiny Snackers. All right, blue cheese flavor. I just savor <laughs> this crunchy toasted treat course sea salt it's all your fault i cannot cease to eat <laughs> pecorino with fresh tomato topping my wheat thin <laughs> now it's in me in my belly another snacker in my hand this is this gonna be the controversial verse uh-huh <laughs> Jesus peace when we eat the body of Christ and crack a phone with some ham. It's not half bad. The Eucharist is just a snack. Classic Ritz, it always fits. Snack of love for life. I see it. the problem is like if I was actually listening to it I could remember right. the tune. That's so it's just gonna be See, I should have probably had like a show it to please port wine cheese spread so easy with my knife. <laughs> oh give me some liquid cheese, a can of whiz that I can squeeze upon you before I eat you. I say in my mouth, you tiny snacker. Down the throat to Hershey Highway, <laughs> baked with cheese and creamy filling. You were a tasty treat today, and then ad nauseum for you know, right? Ever. Um, I let, let me tell you the thing I'm most proud of is give me some liquid cheese, a can of whiz that I can squeeze. Yeah, upon. because it fits so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the yeah, to the tune. Happy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> um yes so that's tiny that's 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 tiny well thank you yeah i I made a request and then uh, i think it turned out pretty well um yeah indy's my favorite too um the 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 jesus thing is 
so the actual verses Jesus freaks out in the streets. Mm-hmm. For most of my life, I have thought that verses Jesus weeps out in the streets, and I never mm. really understood. I actually thought it was like a commentary about the awfulness of the modern world. Like I was just, I mean, I'm wrong, you know, but right. So I felt like I had to honor that um, misinterpretation, you know, in, right. in tiny snackers. <laughs> so. Uh, well, at least something good came out of a uh, cracker chat. <clears throat> I mean, I bought three different kinds of crackers this week because I was so, you did. so pumped on eating crackers. Yeah, and I got a bunch of different kinds of spreads. You too. got one of those ones that I told you to get, the townhouse. I, saw. I did, and I got some I got some tzatziki, and I got... Um, you got those, uh, good, those what port are good wine thins? cheese. I got the good thins. That's with the tzatziki. Okay. I got the tomato basil mozzarella um, townhouse crackers. Um, the flatbreads that's to go with right. my port wine and then i got um the double blast cheez it's one side is bacon one side is parmesan and that's just for snacking because the cheese is not a cracker right um have you tried any of them yet yeah i had um i had the tomato basil the first day i had them and then i okay. had the um the good good thins last night how are the good things they're really good with the tzatziki. Like it's actually mm-hmm. a pretty healthy snack. Hmm. Nice, because those are like gluten free or something. Is that the thing about the good things? Is like yeah, yeah, yeah. The box when when you pick up the box, you cannot believe that there might be a cracker contained in that box. But then there are hundreds of crackers, and they're all pretty delicious. I can't believe it. that's that's that should be the cheese slogan. I can't believe it's not crackers. Right, that'd be fine. Um, did you get any Subway? No, uh-uh. Okay. I'm going to ask you every week. That's till fine. We, I mean, get, I might get some get this sub- week. Until we get a Subway contract. Um. <clears throat> oh, well then, yes. I had the <laughs> hot Italiano, and it was delicious. <laughs> All right. So, on to... Now, there's nothing's been resolved in terms of that controversy, but I mean, like so now that we have updates, like on all that, um, and Tiny Snacker has been debuted, I guess we can move on to to this week's food chat because that's what yeah. this podcast is now. Um, so we're gonna we were gonna do because what I don't even remember how this came about. It doesn't matter. Um, something with non-traditional vampires and like the the idea that vampires like are feeding like you know on blood and it's like you know the whole fucking thing is about eating now um even the categories but um we were trying to figure out and we came up with like steak um like which also is a nice double um double entendre too right which you kill a vampire yep yeah to kill naja they had to stake her right yes so steak chat yes um all right, so can I can, can I interject something really quick because this is really bothering me. What do you got? So maybe little known secret or whatever. Um, I keep YouTube on on my TV while we do uh, the spin chagrin, and I just like have it on something that I can like visually identify with and have to listen to. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this dude that's um got this large GI Joe collection of like the the figures from the 80s okay and he's got um he's got tiers like a like stadium seating tiers and if you're familiar with the gi joes there's little rectangular stands that fit in the peg holes of their feet and that's what you can stand them up on so he's setting up all of his gi joes one by one and presumably talking about who they are and stuff how would you do that in a way that would make it easier to display everything where would you start I i don't understand what you're talking about 
Like, so you've got, look at my hands, like tiered yeah. steps like this, right? Mm -hmm. And the GI Joes fit on those tiers. So what way are you setting them up to you would, make it easier for you to place them? You would start back and go to the front. This idiot is doing them front to back. I swear <laughs> so to God. So now he's like reaching over like the fucking. Yeah. And he keeps, already... he keeps not, he keeps right, knocking, he keeps them, knocking over. them over. Right. Yeah. And then he has to rearrange them right. because somebody didn't fit because he didn't consider right, it. Because like you can still see the ones in the back when it's like stadium like kind of thing. Yeah. Even when you're putting the new ones on with your meaty fucking paw. And I'm assuming I'm just going to assume it's a meaty fucking paw. If the guy has a YouTube channel with G.I. Joe's like. Yeah, I guess they're, they're meaty enough. <laughs> right. Not hey, let's talk about some steak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, um, it just doesn't big, make any big, like it's big, so paws and like on steak. Yes, like it's so annoying to me that like he continues to do it and he keeps fucking up. Like, I mean, right. I don't know. Anyway, I can see why it's frustrating to watch. Um, steak chat, steak chat. And everything be all, all right, right. Let's get a, let's get a couple of, like easy ones like here, like out of the way, like you know, um, set set the mood, set the set the scene for for your steak, like chat is. I think probably the one is like what? How do you like a steak? How do you like a steak cooked ideal ideally? And then how does that change depending on where you're going potentially? And then like how does that change when you're at home making steak? Um, I mean, rare is always my choice. Okay. Um, I would not order a steak in a place where I would not trust them to cook it rare, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so rare is just how I prefer my steak. Right. Um, if it's a little medium rare, that's fine. Um, but once you cook it past that, I think you lose a lot of flavor and it tends to make it a little too tough and I don't like condiments on my steak necessarily. So I'd rather just eat it. Um, when I cook it at home, I cook it rare. Okay. Um, so like purists, I think probably like think that only salt and pepper should be used to like, um, for steaks. Uh, do you, do you go along with that? Or like, do you think there's like different seasonings and marinades and stuff like that, that, um, yeah, should be used or are good or, you know, you can, you can do more than salt and pepper. Um, I think if you make, I mean, I think pan sauces are acceptable. Like if you're cooking a steak, um, I tend to make pan sauces with my steaks when I cook them. Um, I like thyme, like fresh thyme when I cook, especially like in a cast iron pan. If I'm cooking a New York strip, I like to put some thyme, um, on the butter, like as I'm basting the steak. So. Okay. I think that's a good flavor combination. Um, I've had people use like different spice rubs. Um, when we used to go to JB Dawson's uh, Steakhouse in Christiana before they closed, right? Um, they had a, I think it was called a cowboy sirloin that had some kind of like southwestern rub on it that was amazing. Right. Um, I think I, I think that you can pretty much you have like a pretty wide variety of um, flavor profiles that can go with like the the tenderness of the meat i'm just not a fan of covering up with like condiments necessarily okay well let's 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 get into that a little bit then like um i i want to get all your steak preferences out of the way like in terms of the stuff so it's like um 
So are any or all condiments bad? Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, A1 steak sauce is delicious. Um, what is the best use of A1 steak sauce to you on a, on a baked potato? Okay. Right. Okay. I think that's actually super delicious. Like, I think you, um, um, I like to take, if I don't have like other things for the baked potato, like sour cream, bacon bits, whatever, mm-hmm. I like to take the baked potato and split it in half and then put a pat of butter and like mash the innards and then put steak sauce on top of that and then mash it again mm-hmm. and kind of make like a pseudo mashed potato mix in the middle of like the outer crust of the, the potato. So some restaurant just like throws a fucking lump in aluminum foil like on your fucking plate. Like that's what you that's what you do is just butter and A1. Yeah, I mean I don't know what restaurant would do that. That'd be pretty bold. Um <laughs> but yes. Um that's how I've been to a place that's like put it like had an aluminum oh they didn't toss it on the fucking plate. I mean like but has it that it's been served like in aluminum foil somewhere. Like yeah, and it was like uh, a, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's like a fancy place too. Like I think like, it wasn't like any kind of like fucking Applebee's or something like that. Yeah. Um, so don't give me a list yet. Like uh, I want what what's your all time favorite steak cut, and why is that the case? Hmm. I think I like a New York strip the best. Okay. I think that it is the best quality for value and it's the right portion size without being like too little or too much typically. Okay. And I think the New York strip holds flavor really well. So you can have like different like flavor like profiles like spice blends and stuff and it still mm-hmm. is pretty delicious. Okay. Um what other what other ones kind of like are, are like near the top of the list for you in terms of cuts? That's you. Um, I mean, I like filet mignon. I think filet mm-hmm. mignon is pretty delicious. Um, I prefer to cook filet mignon myself rather than eat it in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the restaurants overprice filet mignon and it's typically like a smaller portion of food, but a really good filet mignon in a restaurant is an amazing thing. Um, our local restaurant, Steak and Main, that we both enjoy, um, makes a really like fantastic filet mignon. Yeah. Um, I like T-bone. Um, I like ribeye. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like flank steak. If you're gonna have like like fajitas or something, I think flank steak is amazing. Right. Um, we, my family, grew up eating what they call chop steak. Yeah. Um, or hamburger steak. Mm-hmm. And I actually really, really like that, like, tenderized hamburger steak. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that it's basically Salisbury steak, but I refuse to believe because Salisbury steak is disgusting and I will not eat it. Um, <laughs> so I like a good hamburger steak. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's probably no steak that I dislike. Right. Even, like, yeah. cube steak and stuff has its place. I was going to ask you about cube steak. Like, um, you can definitely, like, cook it down and make, like, delicious stew out of cube steak. What about just eating? What, what about just cooking a fucking cube steak and putting it on a plate with, like, I don't know, some fucking mashed potatoes and corn and saying, like, here's dinner? I think that cube steak would be really tough. I think you'd have to cook it for a long time. 
Yeah. I mean, it, you it'd could be, like, it, yeah, it'd be hard as a rock. Right. You couldn't just like put it in a pan and cook it and say this, like, that's that. Like, you'd yeah. gotta, yeah, you gotta stew that bitch. And then you <laughs> maybe can make some mashed potatoes <laughs> on the side. <laughs> the stew gone. Um, Maybe there's a way you could tenderize it. I guess you could like pound it with a hammer, <laughs> like a meat tenderizer, right. and maybe like. I mean, before before I say this, look, uh, my my mom's a good mom. Um, but my mom couldn't really cook, and my that's what my mom would do, like with cube steak, like tenderize it. No, <laughs> oh, no, no tenderize. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> just, that's just cook that's, it. That's no good. And put it on a plate, and then you have to sit there, like you know, with the fucking, with the fucking knife, and she, and like you know, like I mean, we had sharp knives, but it's like you know, she would always like fucking this, here, here's a butter knife and a fucking fork, and you know, like you're sawing for like fucking, you know, two minutes to get like a little piece of fucking cube steak. Your mom posted something ridiculous on Facebook today, and I was gonna make fun of her, but was it? I actually also, did, I also found it kind of charming. Yeah, that's it. Um, it was the frog thing. Yeah, until so, I was I was getting ready to be probably mean until I saw the like it had resolved itself, but um and she like didn't hurt the frog, but Yeah. I mean friend of our podcast, Ryan Wellmaker is super into toads because of battle toads. Right. So I was gonna like make some comment, but I just let it be. Right. Yeah. You don't wanna encourage any of that, like whatsoever. Like uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I always think I about making some kind of like snide comment like on some of her posts and like I just it's not worth it. Yeah, I just let it be. So um, now this now this motherfucker, he's got a shelf above it. So uh, now he's trying to squeeze his fat fingers between the figures that are already on the stands and the bottom of the shelf and he keeps like knocking shit over. It and why why do you like publish this to the internet? And why am I still watching it? Right. Right. See the this is this is what's gonna come after food chat is just it's just you watching watching shit and then we're just gonna talk about it. it's because um, i like to i like to see all these old gi joes it's good yeah. good good nostalgia i don't know like you're not as bad as me but you got a little bit of that uh like um shit in you that you like to kind of torture yourself a little bit um maybe like a little, little bit, bit of a sadomasochist or whatever like in you no nah, that's um it's a weird claim, but let's keep talking about some steaks. I don't want to talk about GI Joes. Um, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> what's the um? What's the most memorable steak you've ever had? Um, mm. And where was it? I had a tomahawk steak at a restaurant in Harrisburg. Okay. When I was on a training, um, like training trip for work, um, at my the job before this current job, I have no idea what the name of the restaurant was. It was some like frou frou like brew pub with like high end meals. Um, but we had hundred dollar gift cards like that we could spend, and we were only out for one night. And they fed us at the thing, so you had the whole hundred dollars to spend, and no, you didn't have to like get receipts or anything because it was just whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so is this giant like fucking tomahawk steak, and it was buttery and soft and delicious, and 
it was just perfect. I don't know, man. It was mm-hmm. it, and I, it was way too much meat, but it was it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, actually, I'll tell you, my steak in Maine. I've had some really good steaks, obviously. Sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of Sullivan's, which is like the other like premier steakhouse around here. Mm-hmm. I think that people think about, but I don't really like Sullivan's. I don't think it's very good. Um, everything's a la carte there, and I feel like everything's cold when they serve it because they're not making it really to order. It's just they have stuff, I think, to put together because it's not like, you know, like you order a meal that comes with, like, fingerling potatoes and, like, summer squash. Like, they're cooking that shit when they're cooking your protein mm-hmm. because it all comes out together. But, like, a la carte shit, I feel like they have it just sitting there. And it tends to lessen the quality, I think, even though, like, they all think that it's fancier to serve you like that. Um, That's aside from your question. Also, I had really good steak. I mean, I've been to Ruth Chris a couple of times, and the steak was really good there. Where are Um, they at? There's a Ruth Chris in King of Prussia, I think. Oh, okay. Somewhere up in PA. Okay. Let Let me make sure that's right. It's been, like, 15 years. Uh, there's one in Baltimore. Maybe that's the one I've been to. Hmm. There's actually a couple in Baltimore. One on Reisterstown Road and one on Eastern Boulevard. Okay. God, we'll you would think the fucking Ruth Chris. Anyway, we'll come back. We'll come back to to that uh, with Ruth Chris. But um, oh, lost my shit. Hold on. Where's my Word doc? I got just so you know, I have a two-page Word document of shit about stakes. Um. That I'm that I'm reading off of, and like fucking five tabs open. All right, uh, what's so is that also? I mean, I'm assuming maybe there was like drinks and stuff like that for that meal. So, but I mean, is that the most expensive steak that you've ever had, or do you remember the most expensive steak that you've ever had? Hmm. I don't know. No, I can't remember. I'm not um. I don't really know what the things I buy cost most of the time, I guess. I don't know. I'd feel like you would know more at a restaurant, though. Nah, that's where I would know least. Really? Yeah. Is there cost of the win? You're just like, fuck it? Like, Yeah, I mean, whatever. I can afford it if I'm at a place where... Right. You know. You oh, man. You, you I sort of, like, about... programmed from when you were younger to pay attention to those things? Well, when I was younger, I never had to pay for anything. Hmm. my parents paid for me okay i guess when i was like in my early 20s i really that's had what to i'm talking attention. about when i said younger i just meant like yeah but i mean paying for your own shit but <clears throat> no i don't know i mean then fancy when i was in that age range like eh, early to late 20s like maybe Say twenty to twenty-seven, like fancy eating for me was like fucking Bennigan's or something. Like, hey, let's go to Chi-Chi's. We're gonna be fancy tonight, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and like whatever, yeah. you get like the yeah. tri, right. the tri-color enchiladas for twelve ninety-nine with the right. sweet corn cake. Like, you can't go yeah. wrong. There ain't no fancier eating than that, right? Um, celebration of food. Some of these questions. Okay, so have have you ever ordered a fillet or any other steak uh, to impress a date ever? No, uh-uh. okay. I wouldn't um, order steak to impress a date. What would you order to impress a date? 
I mean, if you're really trying to impress somebody, you got to wear something like fucking fancy. Like you get the the fucking like duck confit or the foie gras or the. Mm. You know, I want the lemongrass risotto with the um, pan seared tuna or whatever. Okay. Although that would be amazing. <laughs> with the asparagus and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the worst steak? That if you can remember that you ever had. Oh, I can. I know exactly what it is. Okay. Like that I've eaten out in yeah, like real yeah, life. Yeah. It was 2012, maybe. Yeah. Um, at Applebee's. Okay. The Applebee's twofer, and you know this story. I do. When I went on the twofer date with the lady that ended up telling me that her dad killed her mom. Right. And she's like, "Did you probe that at all? Like, like." to get that no. story or was that story just given like freely? she just told me we were sitting yeah. there talking about like something and she's like you didn't get any details like at that no time? i didn't want any details are you freaking crazy like i don't want to be an accessory or have to like talk more about it that's insane <laughs> she'd already ordered my goddamn dinner like what the fuck right and what did she so get we, she got me the fucking bourbon bourbon street steak or something i don't know <laughs> It was whatever was on the two from menu, and she ordered a like right. medium, and that shit was leather, and it tasted awful. And I was mad because it's not even what I wanted. But I told her at one point in the text conversation that I like steak. And when the waitress came over and she was like, "Do you guys need a minute to think?" and I said, "Yeah," and she's like, "No, we're ready to order. He will have this, and I will have this." I was like, "Oh, well, I guess that's what I'm eating." Yeah. Ah, this is not part of steak chat. This is part of date chat. <laughs> um. But that was a terrible steak. It was do, awful. Do you do you think that is a bad form ever? Like, um, regardless of of gender um, or anything like that, to order for someone else. If you're with someone that you know intimately, and even then, like, just fucking let the person order their own right. food. Like, sure. there's never any point to have to try and get right. all big with somebody and tell them like, yes. I agree. <laughs> I think if anybody, I would never order for anyone else without like their say so of what they're going to get or what they want, or or and I would not want anything like that done for me, because um, I want my fucking Waldorf. Um, uh, I might like order an appetizer. Yeah, sure. But I even then, see, I, I would see that. But I, you would still have a conversation about it. You wouldn't just be like, right. I'd be like, hey, I'm thinking about getting. Well, we would have that conversation. I might be a dick. I might be a dick, and I might say like, after we've talked about an appetizer, and like she wants this thing, and I might be a dick and be like, you know, like, well, she's having this, but I'm going to have this, <laughs> um, and order two appetizers. Just um, hers, is, her her choice is infinitely better than yours. All right. Well, she agrees with you about the fucking cheese. So she um, agrees with me about a lot of things, she and knows. she's right. So that's the worst steak. You remember any other bad steaks? Or is actually, I do. Do you want to hear a really bad steak experience? Okay. It wasn't a bad steak on my part. It was a bad steak on the person I was eating with. Part. Okay. Um. So we've talked about the Friday night trips before that we used to go on. It was you know Borders, Best Buy, Blockbuster, um, Boston Market, Bank first, Bank. So. One time we changed it up and we went to Outback. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Um, and this was in the days where my rent was like $200 and my car payment was like $150. And I had like the world costs so much less than I had like $1,500 of disposable income every month. Um, so me and two friends went to Outback and we're eating and we were doing shots because we were idiots and young. Doing shots at Outback? Oh yeah, yeah. Pound, pounding shots of wild turkey, yeah, and eating. I think I got. Did the, you get a bloomin' onion? No, I got the Drover's platter because the Drover's platter was my favorite thing. Okay. And the Drover's platter was grilled chicken breast and like a six ounce New York strip, I think, mm-hmm. with mashed potatoes and something else. But it was really good, like. It was a very good deal for $14 or whatever. Um, and like, you know, like well prepared, like it had like a good barbecue sauce on the chicken or whatever. Um, so I'm doing like pounding shots of wild turkey and eating my driver's platter. <laughs> this and just is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah. Okay. Fucking drunk. Yeah. So my other friend is doing the same, but I, I think he was doing shots of wild turkey too, <sighs> but he wasn't typically a wild turkey drinker. Uh-huh. That's even worse. And he had like like New York strip or whatever. He had like a big steak. Right. So right. in the haze of my drunkenness, I look over and I see him looking at me and his eyes are like all bugged out. And his mouth is open and he's like opening and closing his mouth. And I'm like, Are you trying to say something? Like what what like a fish? What are you doing? Yeah, like a fish. And he reaches his hand into his mouth. <laughs> and pulls out like a four inch string of unchewed undigested steak onto oh. his plate oh and i'm sitting there with like my fuck lab you know again like super drunk and like eating my goddamn driver's platter and i put my knife and fork down and i was like i'm done i'm done it was awful so that's probably the worst steak i had to mute myself um because you were gonna throw up <sighs> imagine watching it so, <laughs> Jesus, um, all that, all of that is just every, every, every ounce of all of it was a bad move. Um, just bad ideas all around. Um, <clears throat> I got a few questions just to follow up on that experience quickly. Um, mm. what is it, Drover's Platter? I believe so, yeah. What is that? What is that? What do you mean? What is I don't know I don't know that term. What is a drover's platter? Somebody who's a sheep herder is a drover. Okay. Oh, it's ribs. I'm sorry, ribs and chicken. Gotcha. Okay. Half rack of St. Louis ribs and grilled chicken. That's a drover's platter. Okay. All right. It's currently um, twenty three ninety nine and eleven hundred ninety calories. Looks fucking delicious. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Like, um. That's not actually, but it bad. used to be in 1998. It was 1499, probably right, still sure. 1190 calories. Sure. Um, probably there's actually probably more calories back then. There's probably like some kind of shit they like changed. So, like, That's true. Probably had like calories, like and real butter in it or something. Right. Sure. Um. Do you? This is just quickly outside of steak chat. Like. Do you not like the uh, blooming onions or blooming onion adjacent type appetizers? I'm not a huge fan of onion rings. I think they're okay. Exp- expand on that. 
I don't know. I just think they're too greasy. Okay. I think they tend to overwhelm your palate with the pungency and like immediacy of the taste. Okay. Um, I don't really like the dipping sauces they come with. Um, I think they're too much. And I just think that it's kind of a waste of money in your meal, you know? Hmm. I think there's so many better appetizers you can eat. I mean, I now, don't disagree with that. If I'm but... eating like like we order out or something and I get a hamburger, I might get onion rings. When I go to Burger King sometimes, like I'll get onion rings. I think you got to. Sometimes. At Burger King. Man, I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the world of their fries, honestly. So like they're they're good. They're good. They're good. They're fine. They're not yeah. They ain't nothing special. Right. Exactly. I prefer to just get McDonald's them. fries aren't any good anymore either though. No. You know who I'm, has you know has you know has the best potato base I'm, like, I'm talking on my ass because I haven't eaten at any of them in like five years, so um Wendy's does the potato wedges and those things are delicious. I really I'm, like the I'm, Wendy's yeah, potato I've never wedge. Had those. Um yeah, spice I always liked Wendy's fries though back in the day. So I yeah. Seasoned potato wedges they call them. Okay. Or something like that. They're right. really good. Yeah, I don't know. I just like you gotta like put your hands in the blooming onion, you know? Like it's just it's gross. <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> There's there's much 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 better things you can eat. At least the blooming onion is stacked upwards and not like stadium seating, like you know. Um, Let's see what Outback's appetizers are. You okay? I mean, I want to look and see like what I would rather eat than. I mean, right away, Aussie I, cheese I didn't, fries. I didn't, that's what I we did. used to. That's what we used to get when we went Aussie cheese fries. I didn't I I didn't have the appetizers exactly pulled up, but um Oh, I'm already done. That's it. Aussie cheese fries. Have you ever had those? No. It's fry, French fries. With Monterey Jack and cheddar cheese melted on top and then fresh bacon on top of that. Like chopped bacon. Okay. And it comes with like a big thing of this like seasoned like ranch dressing and it's they're fucking delicious. Oh, I forgot the original blooming onion is like stadium seating. Yeah. Um I was thinking like the racks that like things like uh chilies and like red robin shit has. Um like the stacks. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Uh all Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> Yo. Is this time to transition into that anyway? Okay, we can continue on a little bit on this. So Outback, right? Okay, so you you mentioned uh uh Ruth Chris Steakhouse, which is considered like by many to be like the number one chain like franchise yeah. like steakhouse. Um, and then Outback is number two. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? And then just to finish off, I mean, there's others like you know, but it's like Longhorn is three. Fucking Texas Roadhouse is four. Um, oh, I'd put Texas Bonan- Roadhouse above Longhorn. Bonanza's five. And then it gets down to like Shula's Steakhouse and shit like that. Um, which aren't as popular, but is Ruth Ruth Chris the best steakhouse? Do you agree with that? Like franchise? Chain one? chain yeah, steakhouse. Chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you consider Fogo de Chow a chain a steakhouse? I would say that's better than Ruth Chris. Is that the Brazilian? Yeah, the Brazilian. 
steakhouse yeah let's leave those out of it for now i mean it's called a steakhouse um yeah and cheese is called a fucking cracker motherfucker um it's a baked snack <laughs> um hmm. yeah i guess so i mean i think in terms of value for your dollar where you're gonna get like a decent steak but also, you can buy a bunch of other things, and also, it's not going to cost like $150 for two people to get dinner. I actually mm-hmm. think Texas Roadhouse is, is probably the best chain steakhouse. Really? Yeah. They have a nice wide variety of things you can get, plus they have steak. You can pick your own steak, which I think is pretty awesome. Like, you can find your own cut and you pick it. But if you don't want steak, there's a bunch of other things you can get. They have good appetizers. Um, I like their atmosphere i like their fucking you, cinnamon you, uh, cinnamon butter let's, let's ignore the fact that you're never going to go anywhere ever again will you will you ever actually go to a fucking texas roadhouse ever again in your life someone going to drive me there <laughs> let's ignore that aspect too like you you really like texas roadhouse it would not be my first choice of a restaurant, but we're talking about chains, you know, so yeah. sure. You would take that I, over Outback. Yeah, I kind of think Outback is sort of cheesy, you know? Like, I don't know. Outback to me I mean, is I, a Look, thing I'm no I, big fan of Outback, but it's like, I, Texas, okay. All right, this is interesting. Outback to me is a thing that is antiquated. It's like eating at Sizzler, you know? And it's like, that's in the past. <laughs> Um, that's like what is what does Tracy Jordan say? That's like dry that that's in the past, like what is it, Dracula and broadcast TV? Um mm. Yeah, Sizzler is the yeah, Sizzler is gone, right? Sizzler does not exist anymore, correct? No, I think Sizzler still exists. What? Come on. Let's that's not it true. It would be on this list. Not unless it's like the fourteenth best fucking I mean, they still have a website. You, you can check out the uh, menu. Locations. 84 locations still. Okay. Um, with locations mainly in California. And yeah, they're all on the West Coast. Oh, it's all on the West Coast now. That's why. Okay. Plus one down in, like, Puerto Rico, it looks like. Yes. <laughs> down South America. Way. Yeah. Actually, yeah, there's several in Puerto... Oh, my God. The Sizzler's all over the place in San Juan. Oh, shit. Fucking bad well, bunnies fucking, like, probably, like, started all of them up. I'm um, going to go work at a Sizzler in San Juan and live my life on the beach. <laughs> live your life with fucking stab wounds, like, in your that's stomach. That's fine. Like, I got them anyway. Not to disparage. Um, much, but... but, you know, Longhorn, I think, is... I don't think there's a lot of value in Longhorn. Like, I feel like every time I eat at a Longhorn, I don't, I'm not satisfied with, with the food that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Agreed. I've never been the Ruth's Chris, but um, I'm, the thing I'm not is, satisfied with any of them. Like, you're only paying for the idea of eating at Ruth Chris when you eat at Ruth Chris, in my opinion. Gotcha. That's why I don't like eating at um Sullivan's because I think like mm-hmm. I'm not getting any better quality of meal than I would get, you know, at 
an Outback or right. a Texas Roadhouse or something, but I'm going to pay twice as much money for it because of the ambiance and the fact that their waitresses are wearing like mini skirts and, and tight tops, you know? And so right. I don't, I don't feel the need to like pay for that experience. Um, I'd rather, I, I, I would rather go to a real steakhouse sure. and pay for the experience. Or I'd rather go to like a Brazilian steakhouse, like go to like Fogo de Chao. Right. And spend like two hours like just trying all different kinds of like cuts and meats and stuff, then spend, you know, $150 on like a 16 ounce like filet or something. Sure. So, yeah, I'd like to do another Brazilian steakhouse again. And then, um, also, what was the other thing I was going to bring up since we're on like the topic of, oh, Walters? Um, I've only been there the one time, but that was a really good steak that I had there. I know. Yeah. The best steak I ever had, I guess, was in New York, and I can't remember the name of the place. But um, I don't think I've ever been to Walters. So, oh, really? I thought you had. Um, I don't know. I I can't remember. Okay. I can kind of picture it, but I can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know Ponderosa somehow still exists as well? No, yeah, that's funny though. It is. Um, all right. So let's we went way out of order with some of this shit now, but um. All right, so cooking. All right. Okay. So you cook your own steak at home, right? Yes. All right. Um, now, I know, like, given, like, you know, living situations, stuff like that, but so do you prefer to cook them indoors on a stovetop as opposed to um, on a grill, or do you think that there's, like, one that's better preferable or not? Like, what are your feelings on all that? Um, I mean, I actually think that there's, like, like positive elements to both okay my my father can grill an amazing steak like he grills steak and they're spectacular so i don't have the ability to grill steak because i live in an apartment sure so obviously all of my steak either has to be done on the stove or in the oven right um or a combination of the two um i think that i can get more flavor in a steak by cooking it on a stovetop okay but I think that my dad's, and I think that a really good grilled steak is definitely like its own unique experience and has a lot of flavor as well. Mm -hmm. Because you're infusing it with the flavor from like whatever, I guess, the element you're cooking it with is. Mm -hmm. But I do, um, you know, I do New York strips and I baste them in butter and I have, you know, like I said, I put thyme and then. I finish like I have a cast iron pan and I finish them in the oven and like I'll like let the steak rest and then make a pan sauce. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do that are um really good, you know, like ways mm -hmm. to prepare a steak if you cook it indoors. Whereas I feel like when you're grilling a steak, it's just kind of always the same thing, you know. Either somebody's grilled it well or they've grilled it poorly, but at the end of the day, it still is just grilled. Right. Um yeah, I don't understand grilling enough. I, I think there is an art to it that I don't understand. And yeah, like, look, I was an asshole about grilling before on purpose just to, like, what, make like a trigger heaster or something. Yeah, a couple of our friends, like, right. get pissed off. I love grilled food. I think grilled food is delicious. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at it because I don't have much practice with it. Right. Um, But I really do, like, honestly, with the steak, I think, you know, if, if you have a good New York strip and you cook it in butter 
on the stove, there's something magical about the taste of that steak. It is... And, like, the pan sauce you can make with it, too. It's, just, it's, it's, it's so immaculate. Like, you know, you have some, like, mushrooms in there and a little bit of Worcestershire and some shallots, and you reduce it down and, you know, take from, like, the butter drippings, maybe a little bit of beef stock. You can make, like, a cream sauce. Oh, my God, there's so many things you can do. So it's, it's Oh, so I forgot cool. to ask that when we were talking about condiments. How do you feel about shit on top? Like, not condiments necessarily, but, like, other shit on top of a steak. Like, putting, like, fucking crab meat on top of a steak. How do you feel about that? I feel like the preparation is, I mean, it's its own thing at that point. Like, we go, we talk, you know, about that place, Steak in Maine. Um, right. They do a thing called a Crab Oscar, which right. is a filet mignon with, um, right. like, basically a Crab Imperial on top of it. It's sure. fucking delicious. Yes, it is. It's decadent, it's and it's yes, yes. amazing. Yes. But it's 100% not the same thing as just ordering a steak. I mean, you're ordering, right. you're ordering a very specific preparation by a professionally trained chef that is incredibly like delicious right it's not like you're going to like you know friggin applebee's where they're putting some frozen crab cake on top of your bullshit ass steak is that on the two for two for menu no that'd be too expensive for the two for <laughs> uh, i mean there's so where where did i get that what? Where somebody put a fucking crab cake on your? No, steak? no, 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 no. Oh. It might have been at it might have been at Nona's. I got a fillet oh. with like a, um, like a button mushroom, like brown sauce, like almost like a gravy, and that was amazing. Uh, fucking don't mention that name. That fucking gives me like a chubby or something, like in memory. It's your own fault. Um, you should never even have known about it if Olive Garden wasn't so busy. It was a Red Lobster. Secret secret, Red secret lobster. date spot blown up. It's Red Lobster. It doesn't matter. I never should have had a known as right. Whatever that place is really good, and yeah, you probably should. Whatever, like whatever. What does it matter now? Um, I know I wouldn't be going there anyway. At right. least I got to enjoy part of my life. Right. Um, before I one of the, one of the one of the top like fucking three meals I ever had that fucking lobster ravioli. Oh yeah, man, that place is amazing. Dude, that the fucking like North Atlantic sea bass over the bed of risotto with the asparagus and just like the gentle like I don't know like demi glaze on top. Oh my god, yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, I miss that place. <laughs> I'm getting um. hives. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's uh wrap this up with a few more questions. Um. So. In terms of steak preparation, um, so it's kind of two-parter. Out in, in, in the wild, have you had any kind of like unexpected way a steak has been cooked or prepared um, that you liked or really hated? And have you yourself, at part two, like done anything different or interesting in terms of preparation? Um, it's not super rare, but I've had a couple sous vide steaks that i thought yeah. were pretty fantastic um our friend heaster is a big fan of sous vide um i've never done it myself but um i don't know i've had it a couple times maybe i've heard this and ignored it because it's like um but uh, what what is this heaster's gonna correct me because i'm not gonna explain this exactly right but sure. sous vide is where you, you 
um, put your meat inside of a vacuum sealed pouch and then put it in boiling water. I believe. Okay, hold on. I, I spelled it correctly enough. Um, S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. Yeah. Low temperature, long time. Food is placed in a plastic pouch or glass jar and cooked in a water bath than the usual cooking yeah. times. Right. Yeah, sous vide is delicious. Um, I've had a really long, dry-aged steak. Um... That's really that was really good. I had that down in Virginia. Okay. Um, I've had pressure cooked steak before. Okay. Um, that I didn't think would be good, but that I thought was really good. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Have you experimented like with anything yourself? Mm. Well, so one of the ways that I like to prepare. I use flank steak for this, but I like to make um brajoul with it. Okay. Um. So I'll and this isn't necessarily like steak. This has become something different. But I'll take the flank and I'll pound it flat and then season it, and then I make a filling that is um usually like pecorino romano, um asparagus, uh, some spinach, um fresh basil, fresh oregano, and you roll the flank steak around that and then you put toothpicks in it and you pan sear it in like a dutch oven till it gets like browned on the outside and then you take it out and you put it into um i put it into a casserole dish um and then i put it in the oven for like 20 minutes on like 350 ish 375 and then in the drippings in the pan you know your aromatics your onions your peppers your garlic um some like San Mars Mars Marzano uh, tomatoes, um, you know, basil, oregano, uh, crushed red pepper, um, some thyme. Um, cook that, and then you add a little bit more like um, liquid, so like maybe like tomato sauce, and you put the steak back in it, and then you bring it to a simmer, and then you reduce it, and you cook it for like two hours. And when you take the steak out, it is like fork tender, so it just falls apart. And the sauce is like perfectly like flavored by this like slow roasted like seared steak. It's just it's amazing. That Fresh sounds meat. fucking amazing after like seven hours, yeah. Um yeah. well I mean if you really care about your food, you don't care how long it takes. Speaking of caring about food, I got uh three more things here. So uh do you have any kind of opinion when it comes to steak about like grass fed versus like grain fed i don't really know anything about that kind of shit okay. right. i always feel like a lot of that stuff is gimmicky mm -hmm. um i mean obviously i'm probably gonna go for like some kind of grass-fed you know free-range meat because sure. i feel like that that probably tastes better but i'm not like pouring over you know the cuts of meat in like fucking walmart or food line or whatever i'm just no like this New York strip, like looks like it's good, and you know the meat looks good, so that's what I'm gonna eat. Yeah. Um. All right. So, you know I'm, what I'm not a fan of? Here's a controversial that? opinion. Okay. I don't think why I don't think why use that great. I think it's a waste of money. I think you're overpaying just because of the rarity of it. But generally, I don't think it tastes that good. 
Hmm. I think it's too fatty, and I, mean, I don't like the flavor. I mean, do you think that could be a, like a thing where it's like not as many people over here are trained or enough to fix that properly? No, I don't think that's true. No? <laughs> Look, I am in no way a professional chef, and nor would I ever pretend to be, but I can watch a YouTube video of someone cooking something and generally imitate that thing 95%. So I would imagine that someone that's a classically trained chef could like learn how to cook it and within a couple tries cook it pretty perfectly. Especially if they were a classically like a professionally trained chef that was working in the food industry where it makes a difference that you're preparing something up to a certain standard, you know? Right. I mean, seriously, there's plenty of restaurants around here that I think have chefs that, with the correct training, could, like, prepare anything, really. Sure. Um. All right. Um. Here's, like, the, like, the biggie to me. Um. If you were going to create for someone signature steak dish with side dishes you know or sauces or whatever the fuck you want you want to like say like impress like a small group of people like what would you cook like what's the cut how do you cook it what do you do with it what sides do you make with it in order to you know like for that for that meal So I think it's filet medallions, um, pan seared, finished in the oven with a uh, uh, like a demi like a, a a pan sauce, and I think it's probably I don't know something like savory and maybe a little like sweet to it. So maybe like balsamic vinegar and shallots and little bit of beef stock and then um well maybe some oregano i don't know you cook that down and then that goes on top um mushrooms with that as well like little button mushrooms um roasted asparagus uh so i would do like a salt and pepper um olive oil asparagus in the oven um And then maybe some like roasted fingerling potatoes too, uh, thyme, rosemary, um, cut them in half and like slow roast them like you know three fifty, three seventy five for like thirty five minutes so they're nice and like pork tender. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe uh, see I don't, know, I don't think mashed potatoes is like super impressive although it was pretty delicious. Uh, so you'd have the green of the asparagus, you have the fingerlings, you'd have the meat. Um, I don't know, maybe some polenta then on top of that, or uh, maybe like a like risotto with the because hmm. eh, that's too heavy with the fingerling. You don't want that. It is. You don't yeah, want the it's, a, it's a little much. Yeah. yeah. Um. Wait, you think you need something else after all that? I think the mushrooms are good. Like you finish, you cook the mushrooms in the pan sauce, and then 
drizzle the pan sauce on top of your filet medallions and put the mushrooms next to it. Then you got the fingerlings and you got the asparagus. I think that's a good meal. I do too. Would you you you're not are you, you're not a big bread person, are you? Right? Like would you... I like bread, I just can't make it. Oh, okay. I'm no good at baking anything. Mm. I'm the shittiest baker like ever, and everything I ever <laughs> bake turns to to rot. So is it because it's like less extemporaneous kind of and like more like no, very specific and like precise or I don't know, man. I'm not bad at following instructions. So I have no idea. Like I don't have any I can follow a, um, I can follow a recipe, right, right, and make something like really good that I'm cooking, you know, whatever from scratch. But I can't mix shit together in a mixer, and I don't know. I'm just some I'm, I'm garbage when it comes to. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Last thing I want you to do, right? Okay. Um. I want you to pretend you've met somebody that's never really actually like given like like steak a shot before. Like why ever ever or or they try what it is. Okay. You need context. Okay. They tried it once when they were like young. And like they just like weren't really digging it because it was like ill prepared or something like that. And they're just like, you know what? I, I don't I don't I never fucked with it like since then. Um because it was just like whatever like um it just wasn't very good to me so like i have a bad like first experience like 30 years ago um it's like sell me this pen right sell this person on trying steak again and they eat meat right yeah there's no they just don't order steak at a fucking restaurant you're you're at a fucking restaurant with this person and like you know, and 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 you're trying to get them to try a steak. I don't know that I would do this. I mean, I'll try it for you. We 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 weave your web. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't Matt. want to talk them into eating something they don't want to eat. That's like um, the thing. You don't okay, want to uh, so with. okay, so let's 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 role play here. Okay, so uh, you know, oh. like you know what I've been thinking like for years about like trying to like maybe like like trying a steak again at some point but i had such a like bad experience when i was a kid like you know and my parents like ordered like we went to this place and they ordered steak for me and i tried it and it just was like awful to me but it's like you know like all these like you know it's been decades and like you know i feel like i should try a steak again but i just don't know because i know i'm I really like, you know, like, you know, like chicken and stuff like that. Like, you know, and like some of the stuff looks really good, but I'm I'm not sure. I mean, you already kind of talked yourself into it. Like, you just need to. No. Okay. So, so. You need to, you need to like dive into this filet, man. It's Why is the filet buttery, so buttery and tender and savory? And it just like melts on your tongue and like you, it, it makes you want to take your time eating it. Like it's, it's like. The whole experience, like having that steak just like melt in your mouth. Oh my god, the way that it like absorbs like the the flavors of like the sauce that it's in or the method it was cooked in. It's you know the perfect complement to starches like potatoes. Like you really you just you just need to need to break down and try this steak, and I promise you, you're gonna love it. It's pretty amazing. Okay, I don't know what the fuck. I, I, <laughs> it was. 
<laughs> it was the last question that like chat came up with. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> um, um, chat tries so hard. So hard sometimes. And sometimes it's like, oh, that's a really interesting question. I wouldn't have thought to ask that. Because, you know, I'm a human being that just makes, like, tons of, like, assumptions and shit like that. And, like, you know, I'm fucking flawed, you know? And it's like, you take a step back. And then sometimes it's like, you should ask this person, like, you know, convince them to, convince them to try a fucking steak. Like, how would they do it? Um, I get where they're going with it, but it's so funny to me. But, yeah, we've never done sell me a pen type thing with you. And you do have a tongue on you, like a silver tongue. I gotta really believe in the the need right. to do it. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like I always I always hate myself when I'm when I feel like I'm over overly pushing something on somebody that obviously just has their own tastes and opinions, you know? Right. Like, I think that as I get older, the less I want to force saying this as we, you know, have talked about fucking food now for six hours in the past two weeks, where I've had, like, opinions that have made other people, like, super angry. But That that one one, that one steak's still not done yet, though. Which one? I don't remember which one. You talked about cooking, cooking of, like, 20 steaks. The The sous vide? Yes. That's gonna take you a minute, sous vide that shit. All right. Um. All right. So, Tony Romo has a steakhouse franchise. Okay. Is it no Roma? Tony Roma. Okay. (laughs) That's confusing. When did this shit start? I don't know. I think that's been around for a long time, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's look real quick. 1972. Okay, so it this is like before almost Tony Romo born. Uh, probably after 1972. I think, think he's so? younger than us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's the same age as me. Hmm, I didn't know that. Um, interesting. I bet you ain't my money. They fucking is his name. Oh, he's Antonio. Okay. Um. Last question: How do you feel about Tony Romo post NFL career? I don't really have any feeling for him one way or the other. I think he's a fine commentator. You think so? Yeah, sure. I saw him once. I wasn't like overly impressed, like whatsoever. He's one of those guys that he says things that you don't understand because you're not a football player, but it makes you feel like smarter or like you're more in tune with what's happening in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not real, but it's whatever. Right. The Guardian, apparently. What the fuck does the Guardian know about anything? What do the Brits know about fucking American football? What do the Brits know about anything? (laughs) Fucking trash opinions on food, trash opinions on life, trash dental care. Why are you... We have have listeners, sir, in in the UK. You're Um, right. I appreciate them. But the Guardian said the beauty of Romo's analysis is that he feels like he's in on the fun with you. And it's like, I got no fun from that dude. 
whatever. Maybe um, they should try to colonize another like indigenous people and see how that goes. Get in on the fun. <laughs> oh, all right. So uh, next week, um, oh right, dog is the main character. Um, Part yes. two. Yes. Um, and then who knows? There'll be some fucking food chat. I do want to do some trailers in the next couple weeks, though. So probably that's like two weeks from now. I want to do some trailers with sounds, you for the coming fall. Um, sounds good. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good Deuces. week.